welcome to Geek Exploration, the podcast where we rose from the ashes of nuclear fire to exterminate mankind. I'm John Williams. And I'm Ben Robinson. We need your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. Come with us if you want to live. We're talking the Terminator. Hey, Ben, how you doing? I'm doing just great. Just great? Just great. Not uh-huh. fantastic or phenomenal, just great. Not turbo great. Um, I'm doing all right. I'm surprisingly energetic right now. I don't know why. Woo. I know. It's because we're talking about the Terminator. <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, this has been on the, on the list for a long time. Yeah, yeah. That's It's one of those things that had to happen sometime. Eventually, like, Rocky's going to happen. Yeah. You know, aliens has to happen. Yeah, I mean, and we we'd even thrown around the idea of having an Arnold Schwarzenegger episode, yeah. which I think we still, we still should. Can, yeah, this is just one of his many franchises. Yeah, yeah, because like, and and I think it's good that we're doing Terminator first. You know, like if we did Predator first or um, Hercules in New York for no, I don't know. Um, <laughs> we get the big ones out of the way, then we can make room for Twins and Kindergarten Cop yeah. and Last Action Hero and you know Commando. I suppose I I don't I don't think I need to watch what is it Red Heat. I think I think I think that was the one where he's like a Russian and the mob. Yeah, I remember him in the the little goofy Russian hat. Can you think of a franchise that is so like legendary and uh, and beloved, but that is only one third great, one half good, and one half terrible? The only other one, uh, which is very comparable, might be the Alien franchise. Oh, jeez. Because they, uh... Oh, their odds are probably worse. Yeah, there are some bad fucking Alien movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. But I mean, like, you know, anybody who's been listening to this show for years knows my love for Terminator 2 and how I've always said that, you know, you get a new TV, you get a new sound system, it's either Jurassic Park or Terminator 2. Like, that's that's yep. it. I think we we can agree that this episode is mostly going to be about Terminators 1 and 2, and maybe we can just touch on the rest. Yeah, we'll definitely touch on the rest. I've got some things to say, but I didn't go back and watch the rest. No. So there's that. Um, So what is the Terminator? Well, he's a uh, cybernetic killing machine Mm -hmm. uh, created by Cyber... Cyberdyne, yeah, right? yeah. Cyberdyne systems uh, to pretend to be people and break in places and murder the fuck out of them. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. On the spot, there. I was just <laughs> reading from my notes, and I was like, I did that for myself. I mean, I think the Terminator as a concept, like at its best, is an ultraviolet science fiction thriller. Maybe a little bit of slasher. You know, <laughs> you know. It has time travel, you know, to a degree, at least it conceptually. And it kind of opened our eyes and also uh, at the same time kind of created a paranoia about AI, like taking over and destroying oh, yeah. mankind. Because that, you know, that's part of its core concept. Is science fiction had always kind of done, you know, what if the, ro- you know, robot, like iRobot, you know, Asimov wrote that, what, in like the 50s? Yeah. You know, but, the, of you know, if you give robots too much power, the, you know, the dire consequences, like up until this point, at least in cinema, it hadn't been quite as visceral, I guess. 
Like it had been more, more, more straight science fiction type stuff where it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a, you know, a giant burly dude marching through a nightclub, just mowing the fuck out of people. And it, like, it, it wasn't quite as direct. Yeah. It used like irony and like yeah. allegory. Yes. And, it was yeah. a bit more philosophical. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this was, was straight murder. Yeah. I mean, to this day, it's, I, I think I've said this on the show too, like it's kind of the reason why I won't use a pump for, you know, an insulin pump. Cause I'll, I, I always make the, I always make the joke, you know, once Skynet goes online, there, there goes the diabetics. Yeah. I, I don't need a machine in control of that shit. Even though I did finally upgraded to the, uh, to the Dexcom, the continuous blood glucose monitoring system. So the, the machines will just know you're going to die. They won't actually be able to kill you. That's totally different. Yeah. Like my blood sugar is probably like 800 right now, but it says it's like 140. So I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm doing a good job. Meanwhile, my internal organs are rotting out. Yeah. It would be like if Skynet knew where the nukes were, but didn't have the power to launch them, everything would have been fine. Yep. I mean, probably not fine, but not as bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's also the reason why when I uh, when I ask Siri something, I say please. <laughs> Going to keep you on the good list. And thank you. Yep. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure there's a list somewhere. Uh, I think part of that might be your Mormon upbringing too. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm I'm I think I'm more paranoid than I am Mormon. A paramormon, paramormal experience. And then at its worst, I think Terminator is like a sci-fi channel level, like joke, uh, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. A meaningless action cash grab. Yeah. Cause I mean, let's just go over, you know, one sentence or whatever over each one. Terminator 1984, beautiful movie, right? Uh, suspenseful and thrilling. Yeah. Like very, you know, edge of your seat, kind of like your shit's going on and people are dying. Yeah. And we got Terminator 2, which was like the biggest action spectacle of its time and still one of the biggest. I mean, I think spectacle's a great word for it because yeah. it is, it, it, but it's, it's not hollow spectacle though. Like yeah. it's still got great character development and uh, some other stuff that we'll talk about shortly, I'm sure. Yep. Um, then Terminator 3, it starts to take a dive. Uh, yeah. It gets a bit jokey. You know, like the talk to the hand line, like uh, I, I literally rolled my eyes in the theater yeah. when, I, when that happened. And like, it was oh the first God. one to go PG-13, you know, and, and yep. it, it seemed like, like it was using T2 as a framework, but just, you know, it, it was just, just diet T2. Yes. And then we got salvation, which was at least new. Yeah. They went, they went to the future after D-Day happened Yeah, you know, and, and we got to see an adult John Connor. To various degrees of success. And then rounding out the movie. Oh, no, shit. We've got two more movies. Genesis, where they tried to go back to the first. It was again. It was it, it also T2 Light. Yeah. And uh, then um, T2 Hungover for Dark Fate. I, <laughs> I haven't. I have not seen Dark Fate. Neither and, have I. Uh, what I know, I don't. I'm not going to watch it. I don't think I need to watch it. It. it Seeing an old Arnold as uh, an aging T850 family man. <laughs> like, and you, you already fuck. got to see that in Genesis anyway. Well, you got to see him aging, but he like he literally settles down and has a family and he's like, a, he hangs drapes for a living. Oh, you know more about this movie than I do. Like, fuck off. Wow. I am not interested in that at all. One day his core is going to explode and that family is going to be really <laughs> surprised. 
Yeah, so uh, no, that's not, uh, I'm not there for that. And then, of course, we had the Terminator, oh, I think they've rebranded it Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Oh, yeah. But I think when it first came on TV, it was just the Sarah Connor Chronicles um, with Lena Headey and uh, I can't remember the name of the, the dude who played John Connor, but. I don't know. Never got into it. I don't think I ever saw a full episode. Oh, yeah, I saw a few uh, way back in the day, so I don't have much to say about that. Yeah, so if you're like a, like one of those Star Wars prequel nerds that love the later shit, uh, you're going to be bummed because we are not going to have much to say about that yeah, <laughs> stuff. Call us and tell us <laughs> yeah. why we should have. Yeah, we'll follow up in the, in the mini episode. Please do. Speaking of which... Uh, may the fourth be with you. Happy, happy Star Wars Day. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, look at that. Obi Wan's not out. Nope. What a what a big fuck up. Buttholes. <laughs> um. So, what is your first impression of uh of the Terminator? So I may or may not have talked about this on the show, but uh, I saw the Terminator and T two. On the same day. Oh, shit. I, if you did talk about it, I did not retain it. I was in the fourth grade. So this would have been like 92, probably. Oh, wow. So like shortly after T2 came out. Yeah. I was sick as shit. This is starting to sound yeah, familiar, I've, actually. I've, I've, you've, you've definitely heard this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was super sick, and um, somehow I talked my mom into She was like, you, you want me to go rent you a movie? You know, because my parents both work, so I was home alone. And uh, I told her I wanted to see Terminator 2 and The Terminator. And uh, she had to go to work, so she just ran off, rented them real quick, and brought them back to the house. And uh, I got to sit uh, in my parents' bed by myself on a day off from school and watch those movies back to back. And it was fucking glorious. I've never good seen day. anything like that. Uh, less glorious. I also vomited and shit in her bed. Yep, <laughs> so that all. Like, yep. I got all sick. Yep, I am went, remembering this. Went to puke into a trash can and also shit my pants in her bed. Totally worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Not for her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she made some poor decisions that day, but uh, I had a great time. Oh, like I said, fourth grade. Like this was mind-blowing shit the action the effects the sheer murder of it all mm -hmm. it was little boy heroin it was fantastic yeah and that would be like the the best of both worlds there because the first one definitely has violence but it was such lower budget that that it, it wasn't as graphic but then you get to the second one it's got i feel like it's got less violence but maybe it's just got less arnie killing people and but like you know, with all those like stabs that the uh, that the T one thousand does, like that was fucking gruesome. Oh yeah, yeah. Like the, the dad with yeah, the with the milk carton exactly. and the fucking security guard. Yeah, like that. That was awesome. You got to get both at the same time. Like, I, it's no wonder that you with a with a admittedly bad memory like recall that day so well. Oh yeah, no, that, that one's that's clear a big in my day. Memory. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was probably the height of that year. It's definitely the top memory from fourth grade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Well, mine is a bit more vague uh, because I, I remember watching the end of The Terminator, the first one, on TV. But I, I still had a very clear uh, memory of at the very end of it when the diesel truck crashes and you think he's dead. And yeah. then the fucking endoskeleton comes up out of the fire. Like, I feel like 
my early experience with the Terminator was similar to James Cameron's, you know, just like seeing him rise from the fire and just, just understanding that this thing was like, like it was, it was was such an early experience of just like, oh fuck, like this thing can't be stopped. Like this is scary as shit. This is a big fucking metal robot that you can't shoot. You can't blow up and it's coming after you. Just like Kyle Reese said it would. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, like that, that just, that stuck out in my memory so hard. And, and it's just like nightmares that I have where, you know, like I'm, I'm running from something and I get away from it. I can't see it, but I know it's going to find me. And eventually it does. It catches up. I can be hiding anywhere and it comes right to me and I have to get away again. And then also with Terminator 2, I recall being at, at a friend's house when I was a kid where they, where I, I watched a lot of rated R movies there because I, I couldn't at home. I remember them all watching it like on video. They had a big screen TV too. And I was sitting on the stairs, like looking at the reflection in the fireplace glass and like seeing a scene. I think it was Sarah Connor when she's, uh, when she's in the, uh, the psych ward, like getting mad at the, uh, the psychologist and stuff like basically doing her Kyle Reese moment. And I remember one of the adults there, like whispering to another one, like, I think he's watching in the reflection. And I was like, I don't care. <laughs> and then it was later on at that, at that place where I saw my very first rated R movie, which was Terminator 2. Nice. It was, so when you were watching in the reflection, was that before or after you'd seen the end of the first one? It was after. Yeah. The first Terminator at the end was definitely my first experience. And, and I, I remember like not knowing anything about the rest of the movie, the rest of the first Terminator at all. Like, I didn't see it until years after I saw T2. Interesting. What was the TV edit like? I can't remember what it would have, what I would have seen, but I imagine there was quite a bit they'd have to cut out. Like, a lot of cool shit. Well, the, the only thing I actually saw was the end. Like, huh. I came into it at the truck scene. Because, like, I imagine that they would cut out, like, the part where his face is, like, burning off. You know, it, it, the, after it crashes and it shows him like lying on the ground and you could see the body burning. Yeah, maybe. Imagine they would cut that, like him cutting out his own eyeball. I, I don't imagine they put that on TV. Yeah. I mean, but, but a lot of this was, like I was saying, so low budget that like it wasn't so graphic. Like, you know, in the beginning of the movie, he punches a hole through somebody, but all you really see is him punching somebody and then pulling out a bloody hand. Yeah. I mean, the cutting his eyeball part out, like. There, I, I mean, I guess they got a knife to it and then they, they would cut away to like blood dropping in the, and in the, the eyeball dropping in the water, into the water. Yeah. And then I the, mean, yeah, they probably would have to edit, but, and you know, she didn't say you're terminated fucker. You're terminated friend. Yeah. So, so what did you get to watch? Uh, rewatch, I guess before, before, uh, before this, I watched the first Terminator again, because you know, th- throughout the years, I I started watching it and I really love it, but it's definitely one that I know less of the two. You know, like I've seen Terminator 2 so many times, like nothing surprises me anymore. But then I also watched some some documentaries on making of stuff just to sort of absorb whatever I could. You know, maybe some interesting anecdotes. I watched Terminator and T2 back to back. Oh, shit. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, with uh, with my son. Wait, what grade's he in? He is in sixth grade. Oh, shit. And he okay. did not shit on my bed, so <laughs> happy to report that. Yeah. Um, he had seen T2, at least. Mm-hmm. I don't think he'd seen the original Terminator before. But, uh, yeah, he was he was stoked to watch him. And I wanted to watch Salvation, because I remember kind of enjoying it mm-hmm. to some degree, but I 
but my memory was kind of hazy. Uh, the other ones I knew I didn't, I don't, didn't have time and was okay with it. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, and that, that's something that I, that I like about this show here. Let's, let's talk about what I like about us. Um, <laughs> but you know, sometimes some topics can seem really daunting. Like yeah. if we, if we looked at Terminator and we're like, okay, we need to be able to cover everything. We would have to watch six movies and a TV series and play a bunch of video games and mm-hmm. look at some action figures when, you know, like we, we can get on here and we can talk about like this shows about what we love about something. Like there are lots and lots of documentaries about the Terminator movies that do a really good job. Like just go hit up YouTube or listen to blockbuster, yeah. you know, about James Cameron. There's some cool stuff on there. Um, well, and also to cover all that, it, it would be seven hours long. Yeah, or we just have to dive into everything. So uh, not talk like we do, and uh, <laughs> you just fucking blaze through it. Yeah, I could actually get to the point for once. So I guess do, do you want to talk about the Terminator then? Or yeah, what? let's do that. Yeah. Let's talk about 1984's uh, Terminator, directed and written by James Cameron. So, I mean, it's kind of a Hollywood legend at this point. But do you know where the concept or where he he came up with the concept of Terminator from? Yes. Of sorts. Well, I feel like I should take it then. (laughs) (laughs) You sound like you know it better than me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, (laughs) so James Cameron came up in like the the Roger Corman school of cheap filmmaking. Like he was he was a, a set painter and a and a um a prop guy. Like he Mr. Fantastic Arm Stretcher. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> you know, he he worked on on um on cheeseball old uh sci-fi flicks that Roger Corman was doing, like like basically like rip-off Star Wars movies. But he, you know, rose through the ranks quickly from a from a work ethic where he I mean like he revolutionized like the set building stuff on like some uh some spaceship that I can't remember if it was like Battle Beyond the Stars or you know, what one of those bigger ones where like he just started pasting like takeout food containers to the wall and shit, like using that and then painting that. And then all of a sudden it looks like circuitry and, and science fiction stuff. So, I mean, he, he, he rose from, you know, the bottom to art director, you know, he, he could draw storyboards. He was a great storyteller from best boy to best director. Yeah. And, and you know what? He, he struggled a lot too. And his first directing gig came in the form of Piranha 2 where, they were shooting in Italy, and from all reports, it was a miserable experience. He was always fighting with, uh, I think it was uh, Dino De Laurentiis, and they fired him from the picture and still kept his name on there. So that's technically his first directing credit. I mean, from, uh, from what I've heard, <laughs> working with him is always a miserable experience. <laughs> yeah. It kind of sounds like he is a very demanding uh, asshole, I yeah. think is the right word. Yeah, he definitely knows what he wants. Like I saw a thing about working with him on the abyss and uh, making people retake like underwater shots like thirty five times because it wasn't quite right in cold ass water. Like I mean, just like nobody had anything nice to say. Yeah. Uh, well, and we talked and we talked about his experience with uh, aliens. Yeah. In uh, England, yeah. Pinewood. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's not an easy man to work with, but uh, makes a good movie. Yeah, results. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was, I, I believe it was while he was in Italy, he was just overworked and sick as a dog. And he had a fever dream. Yeah. Where, where a, you know, the endoskeleton pops up and, you know, it was basically, it was, it was that in concept. It was this robot. Humanity had been wiped out 
and uh, he was going to fuck you up. And the next day he like painted it or drew it or something. And, yeah. and like, the, if you look at the painting, it looks, it's the fucking endoskeleton. Like it's wild. Yeah. He's a, a good fucking artist. Yeah. Um, and, uh, once he got fired from, uh, from Piranha 2 and came back to the States, you know, basically broke, you know, he started writing the script and he wanted to write something that was essentially, uh, what he described it as he, he felt the need to write something that would be so irresistible. They couldn't refuse him directing it. Like he, cause he wanted to write oh, yeah. and direct to make sure it was right. He even got an offer from, uh, fuck, I can't remember the name of the studio, but they offered him $450,000 for the script. And he was convinced by his friends and writing partners, uh, Bill Wisher and, uh, son of a bitch. I'm, that's a weird name. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> oh, I'm forgetting his name. Whoops. A guy he lived with some other dude. Yeah. Um, to, to take a chance and refuse it. I'm glad he did. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine what, what the Terminator would be like. And then what Jim Cameron's life trajectory would have been like, because he had, he had met with, oh, so, so they, they were going to make this flick and they had to wait for Arnold to, uh, to be available to shoot because Dino De Laurentiis, uh, had a clause in Arnold's contract that he couldn't do anything else before doing Conan, the adventurer. Oh, really? Because I, oh, wait, I, not adventurer. Barbarian. Destroyer. Oh, oh yeah. The sequel. Oh, the sequel. Yeah. Okay. Before he got together with Arnold, too, I guess some of the other people that he had pinned to maybe play uh, the Terminator was uh, one of them was O.J. Simpson, yep. which uh, I've seen O.J. Simpson act. And I guess before this, Arnold's acting wasn't that great either. So I don't know. I don't know if O.J. would have pulled it off or not. But uh, like the the big front runner for a long time, which I saw some, you know, a painting that he did with him as the Terminator was Lance Hendrickson of all yeah. people. When they were trying to sell the idea to, because uh, a lot of, most studios weren't interested in James Cameron directing this, and and a studio in England called Hemdale called them up, and James Cameron was like, "Okay, we, we're going to go meet with Hemdale. We need to make a splash here. Like we we ha this has to work." So what they did was they had Lance Henriksen go to the uh, to the office, dressed in in like fucking black leather and shit, and like had like tin foil over his teeth. And he goes in and he straight up kicks in the fucking door. Nice. Yeah. He busts in the door and like, and like people like freaking out. I can't remember if he said anything to them or not, but then he just goes and sits in a chair and just, just like, like, like a fucking robot. And apparently he'd been like in character for a while, like weirding people out. Like he killed back like home. four or five people before he walked in. <laughs> he looks like somebody who could do that. <laughs> you know, like he, he looks like a sociopath. And then James Cameron like showed up and he's like, of course I'm going to pay for the door, but like, Hey, this is, this is our Terminator. Ha, ha What do you think? And, um, like you said, they were looking at OJ, but it was, he was deemed too nice. Like everyone, everyone loved OJ. They couldn't believe that he would kill anyone. <laughs> um, another name that was on there was, uh, uh, Jurgen Prochnow. I, 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 or I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name right, but I've, no I've seen him either. around. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Um, and it looked like they were going with Lance Henriksen and then Arnold came in to read for Kyle Reese. Yeah. Which is, I'm so glad they went the other way. Cause oh, I wow. don't think Arnold had the act acting chops at this point to pull off Kyle Reese's role at oh. all. It would have been bad. <laughs> like, I think Lance Hendrickson probably could have pulled the Terminator off cause he's a, uh, he's a good actor. Yeah. And, and early on they wanted somebody who could blend in to a crowd. 
Well, yeah, that's that's kind of the whole idea is it, it could be anybody. And mm-hmm. Arnold does not look like anybody. No. He looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's not quite as blendy. So, like, it's odd thinking of Lance Hendrickson as the Terminator because we're so used to Arnold. Like, mm-hmm. well, he's not big and buff. And he, even though he was a young Lance Hendrickson, he still didn't look that young. No. Like he's, he's, all, he's like, he's always had an old face. Yeah, and like a super old hairline. Yeah. Like, he just looks like a dad. But if it's, you know, if the whole point is this could be anybody, then, uh, sure. Yeah, why not? Yeah, like, if Lance Hendrickson as the Terminator was, like, slipping into a crowd, killing somebody from, like, behind, you know, like, like think about the tech noir scene. Yeah. If he's just, like, going up and, like, you know, stabbing somebody in the back and then moving on from that real quickly before people really notice who it was that did that. Perfect. But like, you know, I think with Arnold and his, his larger than life, uh, uh, physique and persona, it just, it just became like the unstoppable machine who can be in the middle of a room full of people and just doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. You know, anybody wants to step in the way, they're fucked. I think was a good, a good transition. I think the other idea would have been cool too, but I don't think it would have captured my fourth grade imagination quite the same if it was a sneaky Lance Hendrickson. Yeah. Especially if it was also an Austrian Kyle Reese. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) (laughs) It's all he does. So there was a bit of controversy, like once the movie came out, um, as to what he may have lifted from uh, a gentleman uh, named Harland Ellison. Yep. Who was a sci-fi writer who uh, he wrote for Outer Limits. Star Trek. And Star Trek and uh, tons of short stories. And apparently... He was just a fairly abrasive, in-your-face kind of guy. It sounds like real, like an interesting dude in yeah. general. But um, basically, he heard through the grapevine that James Cameron had mentioned that he was ripping off a few of his idea, a few of the ideas from one of his Outer Limits episode in like an interview with some magazine that they ended up like cutting that part out of the interview. But he he used to write for the magazine, so he got like an original copy of the interview transcript. And he requested, he's like, he was like a film critic as well. So like he requested a copy of the script and they told him no. He requested to go to the screening of the movie and they told him no. Oh shit. But he knew, but he got in as like, um, either Siskel or Ebert. I can't remember which one. He got in as like one of their assistants to watch the movie. And like, essentially like went right after I wrote, wrote them a letter and was like, yo, you guys are ripping off some of my shit here. Uh, what the fuck? And uh, they ended up settling for like giving him like seventy thousand bucks, and uh, and that's why his name appears at the end of the movie, like like, like in appreciation to or something. They yeah, don't yeah. Give him any With acknowledgments to yeah. the works of Harlan Ellison, because it was from an Outer Limits uh, episode called Soldier from nineteen sixty four, and I watched it. Oh, you did? Yeah. Gosh, damn it! I've been wanting to see it, and I still <laughs> have never done it. It's uh, yeah. I mean, I could kind of see some of it, like Kyle Reese's character more than anything i guess to a degree like the the whole ai killing humanity and taking you know that's not there the indestructible you know the the t800 you know some indestructible machine trying to wipe out humanity that's not there so the the connections are fairly loose basically in it there's two combatants they're you know like the uh, guy and his enemy and they go to fight and they get like zapped by space lightning or some time shit. ray yeah something and they ended up getting thrown back to 1964 i do like space lightning that's pretty cool <laughs> but uh he wakes up in an alleyway 
and has a confrontation with police and gets arrested and then goes to like a psych evaluation. So kind of the same stuff that Kyle Reese did. His name was uh, Quaro or something, which sounds like Kyle. She should have named him Doug Reese and everything. Kind of avoided <laughs> this whole mess. And uh, they, they use cats to identify the enemy instead of dogs. Oh, yeah. So, like, there might have been some things there. And, you know, I think the fact that he, uh, there was another account of James Cameron talk. Someone overheard him saying something like, yeah, I, I, I was inspired by some of uh, some of Harlan Ellison's old old Outer Limits stuff. Uh, which, you know, he, he, he I think inspired by is the right word. I don't think he was ripping things off. I think he had a genuinely unique concept. There was some themes. But, I mean, if, if you've watched any old science fiction... Holy shit, lots of stuff is inspired by lots of stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think Ellison was more pissed off that they were, like, stonewalling him. Yeah. And trying to keep him out. And, and like, he, I saw an interview with him. He was like, if, it, if, he, if he'd asked me if he could use some of those concepts and expand on the idea and add this other stuff, I would have been, sure, no problem. Yeah, who cares? But they but he, they were, he was kind of a dick to him. So he's like, well, fuck it. Fuck you. I'll, I'll get <laughs> in. I'll win. I, I, I am no stranger to a fight. Like, he, he loved picking fights. <laughs> so. I mean, did the did the Outer Limits episode have him uh, steal pants from a bum who yells, "That son of a bitch stole my pants"? Unfortunately, no. <laughs> he, he showed up fully pantsed. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that's that's one thing we we definitely got in this flick. We got some butts because apparently, uh, oh, only yeah. organic matter on the outside can travel through time. Kyle Reese should have just keistered a gun. I thought about that. Yeah. They don't have like expandable pill clothes that he could have <laughs> suppositoried. I think it was only a few years in the future. I mean, well, yeah, no, shit. It was like, 2029. Oh, it was 2029? Okay. Yeah, and this was like I don't 1984, think man. I don't think we're going to have pill clothes in seven years. No, we're not going to have laser guns either. Are uh, you sure? <laughs> <laughs> we could have AI that's launching nukes. That shit. is definitely a possibility. Elon Musk would agree. Um, so the, the basic concept with this flick is Sarah Connor is going to give birth to John Connor who will be, yeah, once judgment day has happened and, and man, mankind has been almost wiped out, he will lead humanity to defeat the machines. Yeah. He's going to be a big thorn in their side. Yeah. So somehow, and it does, what I love is that they don't explain how, and it doesn't matter. They send a, uh, a Terminator and a human back in time and blow up the machines and stuff. So, so they can't send more, at least not in this man. I mean, yeah. fucking, fucking paradox. <laughs> Fuck. But I mean, sure. You blew up the machine, but, uh, computers are pretty good at storing data. I imagine if they knew how to build it the first time, they could probably just build another one. Yeah. Well, unless immediately after that, they, defeated the machines which is what it made it sound like it was like we were like we were wiping their asses out we were kicking kicking their ass and this was their last ditch effort to send this dude back so they sent me back to stop him and they and you know it's like regardless of what happens well i guess unless he killed sarah connor then i guess then who the fuck knows (laughs) everything gets all fucked but you know they had defeated the machines oh okay so the terminator's coming back to kill sarah connor why they didn't send like four humans back before things got blown up. I mean, they know how strong these Terminators are. Oh, maybe the machines blew up the machine. Oh, so they couldn't send more so they couldn't back. send anyone back and because they were so confident that the T-800 would fucking 
he's going to go kill some lady in 1984. I mean, how fucking hard could that be? It's true. You, I mean, 1984, you could probably kill someone and get away with it I mean, he killed fairly a, easily. He killed a lot of fucking... He didn't even need, doesn't even need to get away with it. He just needs to kill her. Yeah. Yeah, he killed he killed three Sarah Connors before her. Yeah, right? <laughs> so he's doing pretty good. Yeah. Do you want to just do, like, like best and worst? Like, what we loved and what we hated, rather than trying to, like, yeah. walk our way through the movie? Sure. That son of a bitch took my pants! <laughs> made me laugh so hard. I fucking love it. You want to start with what we hate? Yeah. Because that's going to be a much shorter list, I got a feeling. Yeah, yeah. So if if people are sick of hearing a couple of middle-aged men bitch about, about geeky stuff, take a little break, but let this run. So my number one thing that I hated mm-hmm. uh, is the fucking soundtrack in this movie is awful. Like yeah. There's little bits of the, the, the main theme, like the melody of it is a bit, you know, it's like, okay, that's the Terminator theme. I appreciate that. I got some nostalgia for it. Yeah, the Brad Fidel theme is amazing. Yeah, but through the rest of the movie, it is just abrasive and bad and 80s and just just not good at all. You know what's interesting is I can't even think of a single thing. Like, I, I feel like at some point there's like some like 80s electronically... You know, like the stuff that like Synthwave does these days, that's all retro style. But like, I don't remember a single song. Except unlike most Synthwave, it's not like smooth and relaxing. It's 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 just abrasive and I hated it. Like it just kept popping up. I was like, oh God, this music is so fucking bad. I don't like it at all. I'm glad you didn't say that before I watched it because we've talked about how how easily influenced I am. Like <laughs> For a, next time, Jim. yeah, it's it is going to fuck me up. But jumping off that, you know what was my most hated thing? The sound in general, like yeah. the sound design. Because again, this was a low budget picture. Like they didn't have the uh, the the time and money to do great on set sound. So I would say the majority of the movie is ADR'd. And, and done with Foley and like, it is not good at all. It's, it was very frustrating to watch as an editor, as somebody who has to think about those things for my job. Like it's, it's frustrating. It makes me want to go back and, and no, I I couldn't redub it any better, but it wouldn't sound that much worse either. Yeah. By the time I got to like the semi scene in it, Mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, I mean, I, I was thinking it, someone had to have like re- sounded this movie at some point someone on the internet has to have done that right gone through and put a better soundtrack in it put some better foley you know they're not going to redo the lines obviously yeah um but but just improve the soundscape i'm hoping somebody did that and i'd like to watch it because it would be worth it like i don't want to see a whole but i don't want to see the effects messed with and i think you know as far as a low the the budget they were working with you know, that money went to fucking car chases and uh, shooting up a police station and blowing up a truck and a robot Arnold head and a kick-ass fucking animatronic endoskeleton. Uh, I think those were the right places to spend the money. Yeah. If it had a great, amazing soundtrack from a big composer and really good sound design and really shitty effects, I don't think it would have hit the same. So... Yeah, yeah. With what they were working with, it was probably the right thing to do, but it doesn't mean I like it. Man, and to be honest, like, I don't think there was a whole lot else that I hated. Like, I mean, you did just allude to the the robot Arnie head that Stan Winston, the legend, uh, created. 
to be honest, like it doesn't hold up well, but I'll take it over a CGI. I, I, I want stuff. I kind of want to know where that is. Somebody's got that in like their garage, right? Maybe. I mean, with, with the way those, those foam props, oh, yeah, they yeah, yeah, they just deteriorate over the years, but that would be an interesting prop to, to look into. The endoskeleton's got to be around somewhere, right? I, I'm, I know Stan Winston had one in his workshop. I mean, cause <sighs> that, that was what was what got Stan Winston into uh, the project at all. Like he saw James Cameron's initial uh, painting of yeah. the endoskeleton. He's like, oh shit, like this guy, this guy has artistic vision. Fuck. Like if you're going to get anybody on your team, fucking Stan Winston, man. R.I.P. Well, and, and he hadn't done a huge amount before this. Yeah, probably not. Either. I don't think. Nothing huge. Like this is one of his early big works. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess if we're steering into things we like, mm-hmm. I think we're there. Yeah. <laughs> Which, that that's really encouraging. Yeah. Like, even to myself, like, wow, that's all I had to bitch about? I mean, it was kind of big, but, yeah, it's a, it's a great flick. That fucking endoskeleton is cool as fuck. Uh, that yep. is one of the things that has always captured my imagination and that's, re- that's drawn me to the Terminator. How fucking cool the T-800's fucking skeleton looks. Yeah. I, I, it's... Human, but obviously not, and uh, scary as hell. Like, like I don't know why you'd bother putting skin on that thing. I'd be terrified of that fucking yeah, thing. Yeah, it at is me. a frightening skull-faced <laughs> metal skeleton. And like I, I remember when dreams came true for for holding one of those. Like when when they made like the Terminator action figures after T two came out, and all of a sudden like you you can play with an endoskeleton. You're like, holy fucking shit, this is so cool. You know, or like or um, you know, in Terminator. Two, sorry to to jump ahead to that for for this point, but like when he's got the half face, you know, or like yeah. you know, the, the, we're like, holy shit, like that's so fucking cool looking. It's under there, or the little war scene at the beginning where it's mm-hmm. got like a bunch of them just walking around, stepping on skulls and shooting shit, you know. And that was such a visually stunning thing as a kid too. Just like everything's so dark and muted and dusty and, and dirty, blue. And, yeah, fucking skeletons <laughs> and lasers, and then uh, you know, like uh, I. The, the giant machine that's like gunning them down this time I, I recognized, um, you know, the, in Terminator Salvation, it's like the, the T1 or something, you know, like the, the first AI or, you know, robot killing machine is like a smaller version of that. And I didn't, I didn't get it back then when I first saw Salvation. So I thought that was, that was pretty cool, but you know, there's people getting fucking fried by lasers and shit and, and you know, how they built upon that. In T2, you know, like, like they, they did the same scene just with better special effects and shit. Um, and the fucking hunter killers like shit. Yeah. Fucking super cool design all the way around. Yeah. I'll see some of the other things I noted that I liked, uh, that gun store is cool as fuck. I don't know if they were actually that cool in the eighties, but (laughs) nearly everything that he, I'd say bought, but he did not buy anything. No. Nearly all the guns he got though are very illegal in California now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> he can't get any of those. <laughs> he's just pulling out an Uzi nine millimeter. Yeah. He's like, Hey, cool. Here you go. He's got shells on the countertop there. Yeah. <laughs> now, now you have to pass a background check just to buy ammo. Oh, geez. They're saving us from the, uh, robots from the future, John. That's, they're not going to pass a background check. <laughs> you know, one, one scene that I loved was in the beginning when Arnie shows up in all of his butt showing glory and goes to uh, to fight three, or I mean, to get some clothes off of uh, off of three punk rockers. Who do you know who those people were? I mean, I know one of them is Bill Paxton. Bill fucking Paxton, who James Cameron met because Bill Paxton was like a a set painter 
back in the Corman days. Really? Before he was an actor, yeah. And um, and then I don't know who the third guy was, but the second guy, I don't know why I went in that order. One of the guys I didn't recognize, but the other one, uh, his name is uh, Brian Thompson, who you might know from X-Files and Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Just that guy with the huge fucking jaw. Oh, yeah. And he okay. was the uh, the villain in Cobra. Oh, shit. It was weird seeing a young Brian Thompson. I was like, oh, oh, shit. He, oh. He looked familiar, but I couldn't. I couldn't place who he was. Yeah. And then the, the third guy looks kind of like Michael Richards. And I was like, that's not him, right? Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, that'd be interesting. But like I Googled it. I was like, no, nah, it's not him. Yeah. That's a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> it's It was really cool watching how methodical uh, a, a robot from the future is. He comes back and he's like, well, how do I find him? He goes and looks in a fucking phone book. And it starts, starts knocking off Sarah Connors. For those who only saw the later Terminators or only know Sarah Connor as what she was after T2. Like she's a much different person in this. She is a mousy, you know, like meek little person. Yeah. She, yeah, she is not the badass she becomes later. And uh, the, that's one of my favorite things about these two movies is her arc is fantastic. Like mm-hmm. watching her go from a normal person, essentially <laughs> just like a regular everyday person to, uh, the gun den in the desert having military, whatever the fuck she was. <laughs> like just, just, uh, <laughs> you know, she's not a normal person anymore. She's, she's, uh, she's a, a badass. She's got skills. She's ready to fucking take on the enemy and make sacrifices. And, uh, is just a totally different person by the second movie. You don't see a lot of that progression. You just see, you know, the events of the first movie, her, at the end of it, her kind of like saying she's going to get ready and then she and then where she ends up in T2. Yeah, because it came so many years later, you know, that yeah. that it made sense to just put her in that position. Um, but before we oh, man, that would have been such a good segue into the next one. But I want to I want to talk Terminator a little bit because something's something bothers me as I'm watching this. So, oh, wait, never mind. Is it that the endoskeleton's dragging a leg after it gets crashed, but then it can walk upstairs just fine? Like, I thought one of its legs didn't work. <laughs> no, no. I I totally just had lingering feelings of, as I was watching the movie, being like, wait, so where's the chicken and the fucking egg here? Like, Kyle Reese is John Connor's dad, but then John Connor sends this guy back to protect his mom. But then I, at the end of the movie, she's talking to the tape recorder and she reveals that Kyle Reese was his dad. So, well, yeah, and then in Salvation, it's like a huge point. Yeah, yeah. So, never mind. Um, <laughs> but what what I'm curious about also is that, like, what did it take to uh, to cover up this whole fucking thing? Because there's all this fucking damage and death and a fucking endoskeleton that's in a in a pneumatic press. Is that what it is? Yeah. Um, but like, Sarah Connor goes free. There's a there's a, a dead man, uh, like a dead John Doe from the future. And uh, like, I mean, I know they, I guess it was just weird to me that, that Sarah Connor is just like driving off to Mexico at the, uh, at the end of the flick. I don't know. It seems like there would be more of a big deal. Well, the, I mean, the police would have shown up, but he killed them all. <laughs> <laughs> so they were slow to react. And in T2, you see that the, uh, you know, Cyberdyne got their hands on the stuff. Like they, they took the evidence that she, you know, that would have 
proven that there was a fucking robot because nobody knew there was a robot other than that. And they had it in that like secret fucking facility thing. Yeah. They had the arm and the chip, but I, yeah, I don't know. I guess, I guess it just seemed like an awful lot to cover up. And like, like so few people know that in T2, like she's just a crazy person. Well, I mean, no, I I think it's fairly consistent. I think they do a pretty good job of it being consistent because the evidence of the T-800 was taken. So nobody knows about that. There's when they see Arnold, they're like, holy shit, this is that dude that killed all the cops. And, you know, like they, they recognize him. They like, they, they know they're like, this is the the footage. And she's being treated by the psychiatrist from the first one. one Yeah. That was there with Kyle. And so he knows, you know, he, he was that sad sack of shit. Yeah. Wow. But, uh, you know, so like, they all just think she's fucking nuts and like had something to do with this guy that fucking murdered a bunch of people. And so she's a fucking problem. And then she shows up and tries to blow something up, you know, so they're, you know, that's how she ends up in the loony bin in the first place. I mean, it's not quite a ghostbuster situation here. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're, you're, you're right. I, I just have to sus- uh, suspend my disbelief. I just have to accept that nobody saw a giant killer robot except for Sarah Connor and then the people who who showed up and got that shit out of there real quick. They didn't go far from the time that he was robot to they went from what well, that freeway overpass to a wherever that fucking factory or whatever it was. Yeah, uh, like right across the street. So it wasn't terribly far and it was late at night. Uh and if someone did see it they'd be like no you know, like no one's going to believe them either. Yeah, and then but who shows up? And, I mean like I don't know. It's 1984, people don't have cameras in their pockets. I feel like too many people would hear about this fucking robot before Cyberdyne or whoever at the time could collect the the stuff and sock it I don't know. Who would they hear it from? From whoever showed up on the scene or whoever first found it. Yeah, maybe. I mean you could just kill them. Yeah, but it, but it wouldn't be one person. Sh- well, unless it was just like Jeff, the maintenance guy, showing up and he's all, "What the fuck is this?" So that no, because he'd have to call somebody. I don't know. Unless it was Jeff, the maintenance guy, who ended up being the CEO of Cyberdyne because of that. Yeah, no, he shit. just knew who to call. His brother-in-law was in was in early technology. In yeah, Silicon yeah, he put Valley. it in his trunk. He's like, "Yo, what the fuck is this?" And he's like, "Well, all right, we're gonna we're gonna ruin the world." Yeah. Okay, we figured it out. I made sense out of this fucking Terminator bullshit. If they make another Terminator movie, it better be about Jeff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to see something new. <laughs> yeah, we don't need another John Connor no. uh, uh, stand-in. L- let's let's see something we haven't seen yet. <laughs> I mean, and I, I guess I, I got to be bummed for Kyle Reese that, you know, what? He's probably 30, 35-ish. Yeah, probably about that. He went his whole life without doing it. And then he, he knocks up the first chick he has sex with and then dies. I mean, it's kind of a bummer. He could have died without doing that. Maybe it would be more of a bummer. But then (laughs) the future would be ruined. (laughs) The, The question I've always wondered, like, do you think Kyle Reese had an idea that he was the, that he was John Connor's father? Like he doesn't seem like he does necessarily, but he couldn't seem like he does i mean that would be we would be like hey how you doing we have to have sex to yeah. save to save humanity I'm, I'm sure you've heard that before but it's true this time 
shit. Why didn't I ever try that when I was here? I'm from the future. You're going to give birth to the savior of mankind. I know it sounds bonkers, but I mean, would I be saying this if it wasn't true? Yeah. Are you kidding me? This is a terrible pickup line. Yeah. Like this, this isn't a roofie. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be honest here. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I have some, but let's not, it doesn't mean to get to that. Keith Poyers from the podcast does not condone roofing girls. <laughs> I mean, Arnold is just a, a, a fucking badass in this. He's such a force. He, he does such a good job in both the first two movies in being a robot, but not like RoboCop robot like yeah. where he's moving all stilted and stuff, but he's just moving like purposefully and efficiently. And he has no expression on his face whatsoever. He has very few lines mm -hmm. other than like interacting directly with people or saying, fuck you, asshole. Fuck you, asshole. list of things to go off. <laughs> well, speaking of lines, this is where we got the legendary. I'll be back. You know, like, oh, that wasn't great. Yeah, it wasn't terrible. Yeah. And I wish it had stayed there. Yeah, no uh, shit. Because it's, ugh, oh boy, that one's been a bit overused. You know, uh, so James Cameron invited Arnold into like discussing um, like what the Terminator would do. Like he was very collaborative with, yeah. with Arnold. He uh, Arnold had a lot of ideas and James Cameron appreciated that. But this is the one time where they got in a fight because, you know, I'll be back is in is in the uh, is in the script. Arnold apparently was having a problem. He was saying it, it sounded too effeminate. And he, he's like, I'm, you know, I'm a robot. I would say I will be back. Like, it sounds more commanding and has more presence. And Cameron apparently was like just exhausted and like, you know, being it, being a fucking James Cameron to everybody bitching about, about cameras being in the wrong place because that's not how it was storyboarded and shit. Like he got Arnold to trust him. I mean, they, they got a lot of different takes on it, but, but like, that was the one like disagreement they had. And, 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 you know, he had to, he had to stand up to Arnold because he's absolutely right. Just the slight little casual tone to it before he drives a car through the front of the station. Yeah, it's, it's perfect. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's the, the benefit of being the director and editor. You'd be like, oh, let's just take it both ways. And yeah. you, then you still get your way. Yeah. <laughs> Arnold's not editing this thing. I mean, there are times when, when we're on, uh, when we're on set for my day job where it's like, I think of something that I think would be a lot a lot better than what, or, or I mean, I just have an idea, you know, that, that I personally think would be okay. But if I'm like, no, we should do it this way. That's not going to go well with the director. But you know, if I'm like, Hey, can we just get, can we just get one take where we try something like this? You know, no big deal. We don't like, we don't have to use it. And then, You're not invalidating their idea. You're not saying your idea is yeah. crap. My idea is better. You're just saying, Hey, I also have an idea. You want to try it? Yeah. But when Way I'm better. cutting it, you know, unless somebody specifically says otherwise, like I'm, I'm putting my idea in. Well, yeah, and I guess Arnold came up with like a lot of the body movements and the like, the, how he's it, like when he's driving the car around, like where he's like his eyes lead before his head and stuff. Because oh. they were trying to do like a you know make every you know be super efficient, like every every move has a purpose. Mm -hmm. Like so, like that's why he doesn't you know like when he pulls the gun up, like his head doesn't move, his chest doesn't move, you know, and and then when he you know and he'll move his whole body. Oh, and I remember he had he had a uh, the insight that. He, uh, the Terminator doesn't blink when he shoots the gun because that would be a human thing to do. It would be to flinch when yeah, you're shooting yeah, a he gun. Do, he doesn't need to do that. Yeah. I haven't even noticed. Does he not blink when he shoots the gun? Apparently not. I don't know. I, nice. I, I heard that afterwards. That's a tough one to, to control. Yeah. Blinking's not very voluntary. 
I also love how Kyle Reese has that picture of her and he says that he fell in love with her, you know, by, by staring at it and stuff. And then of course they tie it all together in the very end when she's on her way to Mexico, yeah. storms come in, you know, the kid takes a picture and, 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 you know, that ends up being the picture. I love moments like that. You know, that like she's thinking about Kyle Reese. It reminds me of somewhere in time when like Christopher Reeve falls in love with this picture of Jane Seymour and she's like looking off at something. And then when he goes into the past, he discovers that it's him she's looking at Yeah, you know, when, when they, when they did that picture. Like I, I love little things like that. Also the line, like, like, what did he say? He's like, oh, he said that you're a very beautiful woman and he has this picture of you and he'd like to sell it to you for $8. Otherwise his father will beat him. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then she haggles him down. Yeah, that's a good racket. She knows he's full of shit. Yeah. But you know, storm's coming. She drives down the road. Like that also stood out to me as a young kid because I mean, there, there was, there was such a, such a toughness to her at that point after, you know, what she was in the end. And even, even something as simple as the way they changed her hairstyle. So it was straight and a little more flat. She's got the bandana on. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't, I don't know. She really looked tough Moo she was wearing too. <laughs> I mean, she looked like she was, she was, you know, getting into commando mode. I don't know. That was a good place to end it too, because they, they weren't thinking about sequels back then. You know, they, they weren't thinking about, no, this was just a cool story. Yeah. Yeah. Like she's going to go off and raise her son to be the savior of humanity. You know, cause it, back then, like that's all there was. It wasn't until Terminator two where, where they were like, oh, we have to prevent judgment day. Yeah. Like, like that, that all of a sudden became the, the focus in, in the sequel that we just jumped to. Which is cool because, like, you think about it, like, she's going out, like, she knows that, uh, on what is it, August 29th of 1997, the entire world's going to get blown up. Like, that's the knowledge she's living with. And, uh, that's some heavy shit. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, of course you're going to want to try and stop that. Mm hmm. Well, and, I mean, speaking of the world getting blown up, like, uh, sorry, I'm starting with something I liked from this flick. Oh, yeah. But, those fucking special effects when they blew up the the entirety of Los Angeles when they recreated that nuclear explosion and they had her up at the fence on fucking the fence, yeah turning into a, a skeleton dude ah so good watch the behind the scenes for that shit it is so worth it they've got like an animatronic that they're like blasting to pieces like it's fucking awesome the only thing that bugged me about that scene that I only that this is the first time I've ever noticed it. Uh, and I'm pissed that I noticed it. No, I don't know if I want to hear it. Take this. Yeah, go ahead. Cover your ears. You got headphones on. When the blast hits and like annihilates all the children, you know, they all turn to ash. It's got like one of those like horses on the spring. Yeah. Doesn't move. Oh no. It stays still. Weird. Yeah. It's a tough spring. Yeah. Yeah. It's very strong. Those kids had no chance of moving Maybe the heat fused it. <laughs> it's like tr- it's like watching like a Michael Bay Transformers movie where you've got 30,000 pound machines jumping on top of things and they don't move. And you're like, this just looks fake. <laughs> okay. Now, would it shock you if you saw in a documentary or something that, that like, you know, one of the special effects supervisors or James Cameron himself was just like, you know what? You know, if a, if a, uh, if a nuclear explosion hit from that distance, the spring would fuse itself together and this thing would not even move. I mean, that's at least what scientists speculate from what they found in, you know, Nagasaki or something. Yeah, but I saw the rest of the movie and they weren't that concerned. <laughs> Touche. 
Um, but you know, like we said earlier, like this movie is all spectacle. Do we do dislikes and likes again? Yeah, sure. Cause I, I don't think I was prepared for it. So, I mean, cause to be honest, I'm trying to think of dislikes. I don't um, think there's a whole lot I dislike. I, yeah, I don't have any notes on dislikes. Like, I mean, T2 is in the contention for one of my favorite movies of all time. So it's not surprising that I don't, uh, that I don't have a huge amount of dislikes. Uh, you know, let's start with likes because I'm maybe, maybe <laughs> yeah. I'll come up with one. I'm looking I mean, at my other notes. Than, other than that playground equipment not moving, I'm not sure what else I have. Yeah, I guess my big dislike was in that flashback when they have original Terminator Sarah Connor with that fucking hairdo in her diner outfit. Oh yeah, playing with Ugh, the kid. Jeez. Yeah. Get out of here, eighty-four <laughs> Linda Hamilton. Which, by the way. They may have dressed her up to be young and naive and stuff, but there's something about that face where she still looked like 42 in the first Terminator. They, they didn't have... She's got strong cheekbones yeah. and stuff. Or very, very sharp features. She's got a very austere jaw. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but I was looking at her I was like, her voice doesn't match. Maybe that was also the ADR thing. She's like, hey everybody, I'm Linda Hamilton. But I'm also used to seeing fucking tough as nails Linda Hamilton in, uh, in T2. So I, I guess... Like, like we can continue with special effects because there's a number of them in oh, this movie geez. that, uh, I mean, it's James Cameron. That's kind of what he does is blow you away with fucking cutting edge special effects. And, uh, he did not disappoint. In fact, I mean, I think he set the standard in this movie Yeah, for that moving forward. This movie was groundbreaking. It's, it's like, it was to like action thrillers, what Jurassic Park was to dinosaurs. Like it, it just, like you said, it set the standard. It just, it delivered in such a way that we hadn't seen before. And like, they'd done some of that in the abyss, but like, you know, with ILM in on this, with the liquid Terminator and fucking like early motion capture, like performance capture. I, yeah. I was watching some of that stuff where they were doing the old 3d scans of the face that, that is commonplace now. Like, like, you know, if you're doing anything with any special effects, like they do that now. Yeah. But this was 31 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. The fucking liquid Terminator and the CGI, but also Stan Winston's effects. Like his shit was so bonkers and like everything that they, that they carried from the first one, like, like we were talking about the, uh, the future scene, like everything is just fucking leveled up. I, I like that they used practical where they could and supplemented with CGI instead of just trying to do everything as CGI. Yeah. Like the, you know, the whole blade through the dude's face thing, like. They made a practical blade. Yeah. And only did the transition in CGI. And and I appreciate that. Yeah, and um, you know the security guard uh yes. one? So they had they had twins playing the security guards, but there there's the shot where when he when he stabs him through the head and and it's uh you know, it's you're looking at one of the security guards and the other one you see the back of the head, so you can see the thing go through. They actually built a a you know, a little prosthetic security man so they could actually shoot yeah. a finger through there. Like, it's fucking amazing. The, um, Stan Winston called, uh, the, you know, when they, when they, uh, what was it that he uses? The, is it the shotgun when he, when he, when he blasts him? Yeah. yeah. With oh. the little, where he's got the little blast marks No, on no, no. Like when he, when he, when he's like split in half. No, he hits him with like a rod or something and oh geez that's right yeah. yeah i was thinking of i was thinking of the elevator scene and then there's yeah. the grenade launcher one where he where he blasts him with the grenade launcher and it blows him up and he's all like twisted and shit yeah that's the pretzel man yeah that's uh that that was done practically 
Like that fucking Robert Patrick head that's like all fucking hanging like over yeah. from the top. Like that's all practical. When they split him in half, the the they called him the Cleave Man. Um, you know, that was done all practical. The little uh, shotgun blasts that come out of him. Whoa, sorry. That was a practical effect. I watched how they did it. They had like a little bladder that would expand in like they called it a flower. And there would be like a like a little uh, it wasn't foil, but like, you know, a metal piece on the inside. So it would just pfft, it would yeah. just expand like that. And, like, and then they'd, yeah, they'd stay on him for a second. Then they'd CGI the closure. Yeah. Which, uh, so, okay, there we go. There's something else that, uh, like, why does he wait until he's been shot six times before he heals those? Like, why not just do it right away? Uh, I don't know. I wonder if he has to think about it. So he doesn't, he doesn't uh, do it until he's like stopped for a moment. He's like, oh shit, I'll heal this. Oh yeah, maybe he like hardens himself to a degree and, yeah. and like has to like soften himself to heal it. So like when they're changing the clip, all right, cool. Uh, resolved. Good. Perfect. <laughs> we <still."> did it. <laughs> one of the other special effects, the, the things that they, that was in the first movie that they modified in this one that I really liked just the, the look of and the effect of was the, the their time warping in where the sphere like mm-hmm. annihilates everything around it. So there's like a little dish on the ground and like the whole corner of that truck's taken out and the fence is taken out. Yeah. And it's all still glowing hot and like molten red. And it like slowly cools down and the glow goes away. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, is a cool effect. Like it actually acts like it, like you think it should is really neat looking effect. Yeah. And I think that that goes into, you know, having a visionary there because like anybody with a budget could create that, that orb, but to have the attention to detail or, I mean, a visionary director and his team, you know, like for them to actually think to do that is, uh, is pretty special. Yeah. When I, when I was watching this last time, I was thinking, boy, it would suck if like you were half in that sphere when it appeared, <laughs> it would wow. just annihilate half of you. Yeah. And, uh, You'd be like there on the ground and wiggling. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in this movie, they they do they pull a little little one eighty on you, but you don't realize at first, you know that that in this one Arnold's a good guy. Yeah, like, there's no Kyle Reese. Arnold is a Terminator, and he's a good guy. Yeah, he's been reprogrammed by John Connor to protect his younger self. Yeah, and like I wish I could have seen it like you did because I don't know if you remember in the moment, but like. I never, I never had the opportunity to have the shock of, oh, Arnold's a good guy. Oh, like, that's right. Yeah. Oh, it, weird. It was only afterwards, like retroactively, when I watched Terminator and see Kyle Reese saying, come with me if you want to live. Or I'm like, oh, hey, that's, I get, you know, again, retroactively what, what, you know, what the significance of that line was. This movie had a ton of callbacks to the original. Yeah. The get, you know, saying get out. In the car, like you know, when oh, he says yeah. it to the dude in the truck and then says it again, I'll be back is in both. Come with me if you want to live is in both, but said by Arnold in the, in the second one, they both have semi chases. They both end in factories. Mm-hmm. There's just lots of, you know, little tie-ins that, that are cute the first time. Like you're like, Oh, that's cool. That's kind of like in the first movie. But then like you do it four more times and you're like, okay, guys. Yeah, I mean, and cut it out. There were some more subtle <laughs> ones too that I, that I that I caught this this time around. I mean, this one's not so subtle, but like you know, the scene with the psychologist where like all of a sudden Sarah Connor's the one yelling yep. at the cameras. Um, there is a you know they do the voice trick where where Arnold uses somebody else's voice. One thing that I really really liked was in uh, I think it was Tech Noir when uh, when Kyle Reese like. I think he shoots him with a shotgun and blows him out the window and he lands on his back. 
they mirror that shot oh, yeah, in the in, mall. Yeah, in in uh, in T two. I thought that was uh, that was pretty cool, but it's again, it would have been so interesting to to see it the first time because because I'll watch that scene in the hallway when they're when both Terminators are converging on John Connor, pulls the fucking shotgun out of yeah, the fucking and you're like, thing of oh, roses. Fuck, because at that point you don't know that the T one thousand is is evil. Like for all no. you actually know, he could be a Kyle Reese good guy, even though he is very stoic. I mean, he called him a good looking boy. <laughs> That's a good looking boy. Yeah. yeah. I guess by the time you get to the asylum, when they're breaking Sarah Connor out, you already know the Terminator is a good guy. He's on the side of good, but it yes. is, it is fun watching Linda Hamilton's performance when she's, you know, when she sees him, oh, yeah, she's, she's legitimately terrified. Yeah. She's like, I'm going to fucking die. Like she's completely ignores, like doesn't even realize that her son is there at first. Mm-hmm. He's like, mom, mom. And she just fucking runs like she doesn't even realize like her brain can't even process that her son's right there next to the terminator and she's also just gotten done beating the living fuck out of people and like fucking having (laughs) having the psychologist with like with like you know whatever blue cleaner liquid like that that scarred me as a kid or i mean it, it made an impact on me as a kid just like holy shit like she's holding a syringe with blue cleaning fluid to this guy's neck and, the, and you know, it, like it's in his neck already. Yeah. Like, like all she has to do is push the plunger. Like, fuck. Yeah. And you could tell like some of it got in there. Cause like in the end part of that scene, like he's already like stumbling and having a hard time moving around. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't catch that. You know? So she's just proven herself to be like just the most badass chick on the fucking planet. And then when he shows up, like she's reduced to a high pitched screaming mess. You know, yeah. like falling on the ground and like stumbling and trying to get away. Taken like, right back to 1984. Yeah. Actually, I don't even know if she was ever that scared in the first one. <laughs> <laughs> ever since I saw this movie, I've wanted a lever action shotgun <laughs> where I could do that one hand reload thing. Because uh, I think that is still the coolest fucking shit. Yeah. I love that yeah. so On much. the motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, we'd mentioned the soundtrack in the last one mm-hmm. considerably better in T2. They they had the money to license music mm-hmm. and did so almost too much, but hey, it I, worked. I was stoked to have some Guns N' Roses oh, when yeah. they're riding on the dirt bike. Sound in general, miles better. Oh, yes. It's it, fantastic. It was brilliant. You know, this movie definitely took a turn towards... You know, even though it was still a rated R movie and had violence and language, this definitely skewed, you know, more, more in the direction of, of an action film rather than, you know, more of a horror film. Definitely. Yeah. Not not as much suspense. Like, and it was, it was a bit more family friendly. Yeah. Like, like. Well, it had a kid in it. Yeah. You know, and, and his, like, he had some very kid-like interactions with the Terminator, you Mm -hmm. know, teaching him how to high five and how to. Blend in with people talk. Yeah, say hasta la vista, baby, like all the kids do. <laughs> Chill out, dickwad. Like like that in fact, that's a that's a good a good juxtaposition. Like it went from fuck you asshole to chill, chill out, out dickwad. Well and you know, there are bits of you know levity in this movie that aren't present in the first one. You know, there's yeah. not a lot of comedy in the first one i mean like fuck you assholes pretty funny but yeah <laughs> it's 
it's not, I don't know if it was meant to be funny. Like there's probably a little bit of humor in there, but it, it's, it doesn't take the focus away from everything else that's going on in it. And even in T2, it still feels consistent. The little bit that you get out of it, you know, he's told to protect John Connor and do what he says. And so, you know, you got a kid with a killer robot and he's going to make him do some stupid shit. Yeah. Like, like stand on one foot. Yeah. And I love that, like, when he tells him, like, you can't kill anyone else, he just starts kneecapping everyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, they'll live. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's like, like, in a very, you know, robotic answers, but like, also a little funny. Like, that's a, like, when he shoots that security guard in the leg for the first time, shooting someone in the leg, I guess, is, can be funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and, you know, the, the, I mean, Sarah, Sarah Connie even, even comments on it when she sees her son when they're in Mexico you know, bonding with the Terminator and, and like their interactions together were not done for comedic purposes. Like, like there was a reason for it. Yes. It was, it was poignant and it was, you know, allegorical to, to, you know, like it, it fed into, you know, who's, who's the, who's the human and who's the, the killer machine now. Cause like, you know, that, that was definitely something that towards the end of the movie, they took Sarah Connor in that direction. Like all of a sudden, like when, when she's going to take out Miles Dyson, yeah, you're like, oh fuck, like she's now the Terminator and they're going to try to stop her because she is an emotionless killing machine. Granted her, uh, she her, tried to be an emotionless yes, killing yes, machine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was her, that was her mission. But, but also, you know, like with, with the two of them hanging out, it wasn't just for laughs. Like that's what Terminator three yeah turned into you know like they didn't have purpose behind it they just wanted him to wear like star sunglasses and say talk to the hand it didn't serve greater character development yeah well like she like when she's you know has her little inner monologue thing talking about like how he's probably the best father and protector figure he could have because he, he will you know keep him safe go with him wherever he is you know never abandon him never hurt him mm -hmm. and it's better than you know all the other string of dudes she'd been with that are kind of alluded to you know, arms dealers and whoever else she'd been hanging out with. Yeah. Over the years, uh, trying to find someone, you know, cause he is the one that needs, you know, he needs to live. Like he's the guy that's going to save humanity. Uh, even though he's a total prick. Who Edward Furlong? I mean, yeah, John, yeah, Connor? John Connor. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like at the beginning of the movie, he's essentially Bart Simpson. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, just, he's, just... he's, he's living our little fucking 10 year old oh, dream. Yeah. He's hacking into ATM machines, easy money. Like, yep. Fuck riding, riding around on dirt, dirt bikes. Bike. Yeah. And for a kid, he does a good job acting in the movie and, uh, he was a believable little shit. Yeah. And I, I, I think I heard, like I've heard in some other movies with child actors that they like, they had to go back and dub some of his lines because by the end of shooting, his voice had changed. Yeah, I noticed that in a, f a few times. Where and he definitely seemed... he's definitely squeaky sometimes. He's very squeaky. <laughs> he almost his voice almost seemed too squeaky. But you know, what are you gonna do? Puberty, yeah, but, puberty's a bitch. You know, and and to be honest, like cast wise, all around in this movie, it was fucking perfect. Robert Patrick was excellent, dude. And he's so young; it's so bizarre. Like having seen him in Peacemaker recently. Oh, jeez. Where he's old as fuck. Yeah. And like. I mean, like we said, like it was 30, 30 years does that to somebody? I guess so. I mean, Holy look shit. at what 30 years did to me so far. <laughs> shit. Yeah, I guess that's makes fair. You, makes you old and fat. Oh, boy. But uh, no, he did a killer job. I mean, you see his ding dong. Like, Wait, really? Yeah, when he warps in, you can see his, uh, you know, like the, the tip and a little bit of balls under his leg. 
Oh, hey, look yeah. at that. I'd noticed that before. Long before HBO uh, Max was yeah. showing that on, on their original <laughs> content. James Cameron, always the innovator. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, like he plays a Terminator, but he plays it differently than Arnold does. Yeah. You know, he has this like little run thing that he does. And that dude can run fast. Like that was something that was cool about, about that flick too, was that it was a, a different kind of scary, unstoppable machine. Yeah. Like he can run as fast as a fucking car and he can like dive and make hooks out of his hands and fucking like, yeah. Like walk through bars and shit. Yeah. Like, Like there's, he's not a, he's even more unstoppable. Yeah. And I think like, it's almost like that's where the innovation kind of stopped and like stopped being cool because by the time you get to Terminator three, like the, the new, whatever it is, TX or something, Christiana Loken's character, like she seems less advanced than a liquid Terminator. Like she can do like cool mechanical shit and make guns, but like she can also just get an arm ripped off. I don't know. And she didn't seem as frightening. Like it, like it seemed like a step back. And, and like, I know in like Genesis, they tried to do the, uh, the like nano John Connor Terminator fusion yeah. thing. And, and it just, I don't know. It just didn't work. Like it, it all just seemed like they were trying to do the liquid Terminator in a different way because they couldn't just repeat it. I mean, I think that's exactly what they were doing. Cause there's, there's not a lot of create. I mean, they're, they're- can't have a vapor Terminator. I I mean, those movies are, they are just rehashes. Yeah. I mean, T3, it was essentially Terminator 2 again. Mm -hmm. Genesis was essentially, I mean, it was, it was a, it was a soft reboot of the first one. Yeah. It goes back into the first one with Jai Courtney as Kyle Reese. Sorry, dude. No, thank you. Everybody is everybody in that movie. Like, like the casting in T2 was near perfect. That whole movie. Well, no, I mean, Jai Courtney was actually playing Kyle Reese. In Genesis. Yeah, that's what I mean. Oh, okay. The casting for that movie altogether. Oh, Sarah okay. Connor, also not good. Like, oh, oh, okay. I see. Honestly, I see. Arnold is the Terminator. Not that great. Yeah. <laughs> like the, he's getting old and like he, he shouldn't have even been the Terminator. Like no one in that movie was a good thing for the franchise. Yeah. I think if there was ever a time where they were going, where, where they could take Arnie out, that would have to, that, that would have, that would have had to have been the one. Because they, cause they could redo part one with a new guy and move forward with a new guy. Yeah, absolutely. Because these, it just, it's just stupid. That's how you end up with a old man with a family hanging drapes in Dark Fate. If I, can, I can't even believe that. How do that. you know this? <laughs> I, was, I watched a YouTube video about it. Cause I, I, <laughs> well, I kind of have something to say besides, fuck this, I'm not going to watch it. Yeah, because I haven't seen it. And I watched that. It's like, oh, oh God, no. no I don't want to see that. I don't want to see the terminator turned into that see i remember and he has like feelings john he has feelings oh and fuck regrets. off like each like i think that the, so what i gathered from it is the story is that he he succeeds in killing kyle reese in like 1985 or something like short or shortly after he failed the first like it's he's a new one that was sent back again because why not and, yeah that's what you do and uh he goes back and he kills him and then uh, he starts living amongst people and starts to regret killing him and uh, grows a conscience and, you know, ends up saving a lady from being mugged and marries her. Okay, so thinking about the, because the, James Cameron was a producer on this one, maybe even an executive producer on Dark Fate. 
Like he was involved in this one again. I think he's involved in all the in in most of them to a degree. Yeah, but he gets but, credit in all of them. Yeah, least, this, this one, the this one, they were actually like, you know, like um, advertising the fact, you know, that that like he was actually uh, involved, like 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 creatively, not just like name wise, and you know, they I don't know how how better to say it, but I could see in concept what they would be thinking. They're like, okay, if we need, if we're gonna do something different. We need to stop the first one from having happened. So we kill Kyle Reese. So now there's no John Connor at all. And and I'm like, I, I could see people. Wait, no, that's no, not what happens at all. No, he kills John Connor. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. I thought you said he killed Kyle. I might Reese. have. Okay. Yes. So he. Oh, I'm sorry, because that's the only part of this movie I've seen where he kills John Connor. Yeah. And it doesn't look like Arnold at all in no. that first scene. Like it's it's wild how how much it does not look like him, even though it's supposed to be him. And then in T2, you know, they were, they were playing with the idea of him learning to be more human. So I could see why that would be a concept that they would want to explore through that or that they figured they could use, you know, that like he could learn to be human. Yeah. And I don't think he like in T2 though, like he wasn't so much, I mean, like learning to imitate human behavior, but not, uh, I don't know. I, I just, that's not what I want yeah. So I'm well, not yeah, going to watch it. They're forcing Arnie into this. Well, with lots of money. And I mean, Oh no, I mean, I didn't mean they were there. They weren't forcing Arnold to do it. They were forcing the necessity of Arnold oh, yes. to be in the yes. movie. Oh yeah, exactly. Arnold's got to be in the movie because it's a Terminator movie. Yeah. And uh, so now they have to explain why the fuck he's all old and, and pudgy and, uh, bearded. Yeah, he's got he's got a beard. I mean, I guess he's got living skin, so I guess he could grow a, a beard. I don't fucking know. It's it just it shouldn't have happened. Yeah, uh, sh- that's what it sounds like. I'll watch it one day. The last movie with Arnold in it should have been T two, and he got fucking melted away. Be, Gave a thumbs up. Yeah, because I mean, the other point. I mean, bringing it back. The original concept was that it could be anybody, so they're not going to make. Every single fucking Terminator looked the same. Otherwise, they'd be pretty easy to spot. <laughs> yeah. I think in, in the third one, they addressed that or something, saying like he was, they made him look like that so that he'd be more comfortable with him because he'd be familiar with him or some shit because they tried to explain that away. Oh, and then they just gave right. up after that. Well, in Salvation, they had like a, they had like a deleted scene where there was, where Arnold played like a, like a military commander or something. And he had like this absurd, like dubbed Texas accent. Be like, hey guys, I'm Colonel something <laughs> or other. Blah blah blah, and they modeled the the look of the Terminator oh, after him. I have not seen. Yeah, that. That's I can, funny. oh, it's it's great. I mean, Salvation. One of the good things about it was that like the only Arnold it had in it was the the brief scene where like he's in the factory and he pops out. You know, and, a like, lot of a lot of fine. people a lot of people talk shit about that. I thought it looked great. I really enjoyed that scene, especially for the CGI at the time. It looked pretty. It looked. Yeah. Damn good. And it was the right way to pay homage to Arnold in that movie. Like they didn't need him playing a lead role in that movie. Yeah. He's just the big fucking scary badass in the very end that John Connor is going to have to find a way to to defeat. Yeah. And it makes sense for him to be there because he's literally in a Terminator factory. Yeah. So, yeah, there's there maybe there'd be a Terminator that looks like that. I mean, they're not going to have each one's not going to be individual. They'll have, you know, like 30 of them or something. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's something that 
I was going to touch on earlier. That's the thing that I that I went. Ah, never mind. When I was when we were talking about the first one, is I forgot it. Uh, like I always forget about the flashback scene when they're in the tunnels and a Terminator comes in and destroys yeah. everyone. And that's not Arnold. No, definitely and not. It's just another big buff dude with some red eyes. Dude, yeah. Yeah. yeah and the and, dogs start barking at him and he kills the dogs and yeah. lots of other people. That's a great scene. And I, I always forget about that scene altogether. Salvation builds on that thing. It's like, I mean, Salvation is the story of like early John Connor. I think it's supposed to take place in like 2010 or some shit. Somewhere around well, there. Well, yeah. It's supposed yeah. to be like 10 years before. So I guess it'd be 2019 then. Because I think it's supposed to be 10 years before they send Kyle Reese back. Okay, yeah. Because, I mean, setting up for, for that movie, like, like uh, I guess all, all I really would even want to say about Terminator 3, because <laughs> there's a lot of dislikes to say, and I don't think we need to spend time on no. it. But the one thing I liked, and it truly caught me off guard, because I saw it in the theater. Well, I especially hated that they killed off Sarah Connor. And just, and, and there was a, a casket with a bunch of guns. I mean, I guess if she was going to die, then, then a casket full of guns was a cool thing for them to find. But I loved how in the end of it, they basically said, we were never meant to stop judgment day. We were just trying to prevent it and trying to get you to survive or, or that, that, you know, like you can't stop it. But the, the point of the Terminator in this movie is just to make sure John Connor survives. So in the end, judgment day happens like Skynet goes online they don't win the day. They just get put in a bunker and they survive. And, and I thought that was pretty fucking cool that they, that they had the balls to end the movie on that. Yeah. Well, the next three that can't, you know, Salvation, Genesis and Dark Fart, I think we're all originally <laughs> meant to be trilogies. They wanted to, you know, they were trying Each to. Each one was supposed to spark a new trilogy. Yeah. And uh, they all fucking bombed. So yeah. none of them did. Yeah. But I mean. I really enjoyed Salvation, to be honest. Like, like it, it is number three for me with, yeah. with, with Terminators. Like, it was better than Terminator 3, better than Genesis. I loved that, that we were seeing something new. We were seeing an adult John Connor in the future after Judgment Day. We're seeing these Terminator, like, rudimentary forms of Terminators. Like, like that yeah. first one that they square off with in the city, you know, that's kind of clunky and is kind of wearing clothes. Like, has but, some, like, old burnt fake flesh on it. Yeah. I think they're supposed to be the... Oh, I can't remember what he called him, but rem- remember in the f- first movie when Kyle Reese is talking to her about stuff, we would talk about like, you know, the, the first ones were infiltrators, but they had rubbery skin. So they were easy to spot. I think they're supposed to be those ones. Oh, cool. cool. Yeah. And, and I love that we get a, you know, teenage or early adult Kyle Reese in, in Anton Yelchin, who I thought was a great casting choice for him. In fact, they should have had him play fucking Kyle Reese in Genesis. I don't think he was dead at that point. Yeah, I d- I'm not sure the timeline on that but. one, but probably not. But yeah, it was, uh, I, I remember enjoying it. I, I wish I remembered more about it, uh, but uh, I remembered enjoying it. I remember the end being kind of dumb. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, the the end was a byproduct of them shoehorning what what Hollywood wanted us to be the, the next, like, it man. I, I think his name was, no, it's not Sam Worthington. It was... The motherfucker from uh, from Avatar and Clash Cal of the Titans. Sam and his dog. I know. I thought about that. Um, hold on, real quick. Yeah, it is Sam Worthington. I did it. <laughs> um, yeah, they 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 shoved him in there as a Terminator who thinks he's a human. Which I I, I see again. I see in the concept form like that could be interesting, but it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Because like that sounds more advanced than the other Terminators that haven't even been invented yet. Yeah. 
Yeah, like he has to have like independent brain thought ability to get amnesia and to not know that he is a machine. Yeah. And so one of the other things that from after T2 and on, like one of the things I really realized I appreciated in the early ones after rewatching them was, uh, especially in T2, I guess only in T2 because the first one, it doesn't count. There's no banter between the Terminators. Like they don't bother talking to each other because why 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 would they try and convince each other or something like why why yeah. are they going to talk to each other yeah and if they do like do they even need to talk to communicate like maybe they've just got like a neural net but in the later ones you always get, you get like terminators dumping exposition on each other or trying to negotiate with each other or oh, like really? getting like one-liners and like little quips and shit <laughs> it's like no it just doesn't feel right yeah like arnold wouldn't say talk to the hand if anything, he would just look at him and then walk out. Yeah. Like he, he's like, I'm not, or not even look at him. He just, I'm not, I'm not bothered by you kid. Like you're not a part of my mission. You know, I just thought of something because it's been a while since I saw uh, salvation. I forgot the Sam Worthington's character was a prisoner on like death row. And then, and he was like an experiment where they like terminated him, like him physically, but it was still his brain. Yeah. So they robocopped him. Without him knowing. Still kind of dumb. Yeah, still dumb. And that guy kind of sucks. Like, he's, like Hollywood really tried <laughs> to make him, like, the next it man. So the end of Salvation, the Terminator, like, basically, I, I mean, Arnie kills John Connor. Except Sam Worthington's character gives, gives him, him his, his heart. heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was an alternate version of the script. I don't think it was ever shot. Where at the end, John Connor dies. Sam Worthington puts on his skin to live as John Connor because it's that important to the human race. So I guess that's saying that that was that John Connor who led the humans to victory was Sam Worthington's character wearing John, John Connor skin. But uh, that's actually worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, they could have just not had John Connor die and have Sam Worthington die instead. He didn't have to give him his heart, but I can enjoy that movie. Like there's motorcycle terminators too. And a giant yeah, fucking terminator. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, it, it, and it was a part of the story we hadn't seen yet. Yeah. I mean, where we'd seen glimpses of, but you know, you could see more of, you could put a movie on. It's not just rehashing fucking mm -hmm. T2 again. It was actually something original. It bombed and didn't, didn't do well enough. So they went back to the old fucking formula and, uh, been stuck there ever since. Yeah. Until the uh, Jeff the Maintenance Guy movie comes out. <laughs> so uh, do you want to take a break? And then we'll come back and talk about some other stuff and some structure. Yeah. Looking for a little pick-me-up to add to your regular rotation of audio? Well, maybe this is what's missing from your life. <laughs> oh my God. Come drop in on the laughs and the continuing conversation every Thursday with us here on the Fucking A Podcast as a couple of longtime friends get into what's going on in our lives and all around planet Earth. Listen to Fucking A wherever you get your pods. Welcome back. Told you I'd be back. I guess we should talk about Terminator in other medias than movies to some degree. Yeah, yeah, to some degree. <laughs> For a big franchise from the 80s and early 90s, there's not as much of it as you would think. Yeah. And I, I wonder if it's because 
James Cameron held on to think. Well, you know what? To be honest, Maybe. the first Terminator in 84 was not a hit. Like it, like it, it, it made like 4 million opening weekend, but, but, um, apparently, uh, fuck. I can't remember the name of the production company, but they stopped promoting it like pretty quick. So it technically was not a success. Well, yeah. And then that company went bankrupt. Like before oh, yeah, they it was made Orion T2, pictures. Yeah. They went bankrupt and like Arnold was trying to like talk James Cameron into like pooling their money and buying the rights at, when they went bankrupt, but somebody else picked it up and they didn't do anything with it. And it, you know, and it kind of just languished for a while. Yeah. Which is probably why it took seven years to get another movie. Yeah. And so, I mean, Right in the heat of all that, like in like 87, 88, when a movie like RoboCop can spawn cartoons and action figures and video games and shit, like Terminator wasn't doing anything. Like it wasn't until T2 where things just fucking blew up. Then we've got, you know, Super Nintendo games that are frustrating because it was like a, it was like one of those, like you <laughs> yeah. have the crosshairs, but you have to move it with your, with Fuck your D-pad. that. Um, we had the RoboCop versus Terminator game, which we talked about in the RoboCop episode, I believe, which was insanely difficult. And the Terminators were appropriately the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the way it should be. Yeah. I, I'm surprised they didn't make a cartoon because they made cartoons for everything. They made action figures. There was definitely Terminator action figures. Yeah. Yeah. There were T2 action figures with all sorts of guns and like removable flesh pieces for to have the endoskeleton under there and yeah no those figures were fucking bad preston had a ton of them i the only one i ever had was like the standard t800 terminator yeah which you know that was the coolest one anyway so yeah didn't he wear like a magenta shirt i feel like he did yeah that sounds right i'll look it up something like that yeah yeah and and i mean there have been comic books over the years like i think dark horse held onto the property for years and years they they might still but i just haven't read any of them yeah, like i, I read robocop versus terminator and then i don't remember if i read the whole thing of superman versus terminator but uh it exists I think I have it somewhere. Maybe I got rid of it because I, I haven't seen it in a while. I mean, what is the Terminator other than Metallo, except he doesn't have a kryptonite heart, so. Yeah, lots of them. No, I mean, honestly, I think they did work kryptonite into it. Of course. You got to. Yeah, I, th I think it <laughs> they may have worked the cyborg Superman into it or Metallo. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't think I ever read any of the. I, I can't even ever remember seeing a comic. Like, it doesn't surprise me that a comic was made, but uh, I don't remember seeing like i remember seeing tons of like alien comics and i read a bunch of those but i don't remember i can't remember seeing any i, I don't know what they would what would they cover in a terminator comic like th other that, things going that, on with skynet not not the connors yeah that that's the i mean i guess that's kind of the problem with this franchise is like it's got the core story it, like what else do you do like it doesn't have an extended universe like Star Wars where you could tell the stories of other people, things going on, because otherwise it's like, it's 1984. Fucking shit that goes on in 1984 is going on. The only interesting thing happening is the shit happening to Sarah Connor. I mean, if I'm being honest, the only thing happening in, that's interesting in Star Wars is going on with the Skywalkers. Well, <laughs> but that's just me. <laughs> but at least it's like a, you know, sci-fi fantasy universe that yeah. you could do something else in. Whereas this is, you know, it's rooted in the real world and what is the what is the story you're going to tell like you have to have something interesting other than just rehashing the same stuff so i i'm not sure what a terminator 
you know, cartoon would be? Like, is he a good guy in it? Is he a bad guy? Like what? Yeah, he'd have to be a a good guy. And it would be it would be some manifestation of of Skynet from the future comes back and teams up with the corporate asshole head of Cyberdyne and they're creating new robotic creations to try to take out the Terminator so they can take and, over the, and sell the future. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that is 100% what it would be. Yeah, like, I, I know true. there's an alternate universe that I accidentally slipped into one night, you know, like astrally that, and, and I have a memory of it. Cause I feel like I can fucking see it. Like just, <laughs> just like the RoboCop cartoon, like that style. So, um, video games though, there've been a bunch of them. I've only played a couple. Yeah, which ones have you played? I remember being super excited when I was getting, I bought a Terminator Rampage. It had a super cool cover. With like, what the fuck? I, I remember I bought it at uh, PC Components. I mentioned them again. But it had cool box art. It had like a, I don't think it was a T-800. It was some sort of Terminator down, like he was like half melted and like steaming and shit. It looked really cool. Yeah, because you couldn't license arnold's uh, no. uh appearance for everything so you just do the half half face with the with the terminator thing yep and it works what was it called terminator terminator what? rampage uh but it was a dos game it was it was like a doom clone somewhere between doom and like duke nukem 3d and uh it was hot trash it was terrible yeah yeah it's, it's a cool cover man that's a badass cover that looks like a simon bisley it sold me on it as a young child like i saw that cover and i was like oh fuck yeah i gotta play this game <laughs> Like, you don't get to play as a Terminator. You're just playing as some dude that gets sent back in, like, early Skynet, and your your job is to, like, take out Skynet. But you just walk around a bunch of hallways shooting robots in the distance, and uh, it was terrible. It was not a good game. Yeah, it don't definitely it. looks like Duke Nukem 3D era. Yeah, it was butt. Don't play it. Oh, that's a shame. Another game that uh, was not butt was the T2 arcade game with the big fucking machine gun. Yeah, like Operation the, Wolf style. Yeah, yes. Uh, that one was fucking great. You'd shoot a bunch of Terminators. and I mean, I always loved light gun games. Yeah. They've, they've got a special place in my heart, and one that was uh, skinned with Terminator 2 did it for me. Yeah, I would get sick of those games quick, but it was cool to see, but I... I think as far as video games go, my the one that I liked the most was the more more recent, probably came out a decade ago, um, arcade shooter. It's got a big burly fucking gun, and you know it's all fucking future and trashed, and the graphics look really good. And you're, I mean, it's basically, you know, like like whatever that modern shooter was that time. Like you said, skinned as Terminator, and it was fun because there was a big fucking like Terminator on the actual machine too, like like the, an endoskeleton oh, coming yeah. out from I it. Know what you're talking about, yeah. yeah. That that was a that was a really that one fun was cool. one. Yeah. Um, I mean, and of course, in other media, we did mention Sarah Connor Chronicles earlier, but neither one of us have seen it. Yeah, I. There's probably Terminator fanfic and all kinds of shit too, but we're not going to talk about it. It sucks to judge a book by its cover like this, but like the fact that it was Summer Glau as like the friendly Terminator helping them. Like, I don't care how stoic she is or how hard she can hit somebody. Like it just, it doesn't say Terminator to me. I think having a Terminator in it was the problem. It didn't need a friendly Terminator. Like that's a fluke. And that's, that's the thing that I, I think they make a mistake to going back to that. Well, over and over again, is that like that it's essentially, it's like a, like a twist or like a, you know, that's the, you know, here's the, the the main plot and like oh look at this thing that's different and now it's the thing that's the fucking same in all of them is that a terminator comes back helps them and ends up dying at the end 
It happens in all of them. And it's no fucking shit. stupid. Like, what if in like, fuck, I don't know, Genesis or Dark Fate, like, or, or even if they, if they done that in Salvation, like, what if in any of these Terminator movies, they didn't give Arnie what he wants, which is to be a good guy. And they just made him a terrifying, badass fucking killer again. Like, what if at any point they went back to their, sorry to say it, slasher roots, science fiction, suspense, thriller, slasher roots, um, and made him terrifying again? Like, would I mean, that have worked? Would or It might have worked just... in, like, Terminator 3 era. Yeah. I think once he gets too old, like, once he got old, he's just aged out of being a killer robot. Sorry, dude. I don't know what to tell you. Get another buff guy to be the Terminator. Yeah, like Christopher Lambert couldn't play Connor McCloud forever because eventually it looks yeah. weird that an immortal is aging. <laughs> right? So, uh, like, like the Sarah Co- Connor Chronicles, I think would have been you know, story wise would have been more compelling to me if it was her trying to take out Skynet with uh, John Connor in tow. Like the shit that happened between the first Terminator and T two. If that was the Sarah Connor Chronicle. the sarah connor chronicles was all the stuff they're talking about like hanging out with arms dealers and fucking she ends up trying to blow up cyberdyne's headquarters and going you know and that's how she like a lone wolf and cub thing yeah exactly like that would have been an interesting show and you don't need a terminator in it because they don't fucking exist yet it's okay yeah yeah hold that for season two or three when ratings start to slip yeah yeah i mean it's 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 tough because as much as I like that scene in the first Terminator where it's a different Terminator, I think if they made a different Terminator movie with like a different buff dude, it wouldn't feel right. Like it would probably feel similar to when they introduced Duncan McCloud in the uh, in the Highlander TV show where you're like, what? Like, you're not Connor McCloud. Hey. Know, like, like, I don't I don't know if I would be able to buy into it. Like, I think I would rather see a, a CGI Arnold like in the beginning of Genesis or uh or the end of salvation. I can tell you right now, and you know, I'm an advocate. We could just let it die. Yeah. Like we have two and a half good Terminator movies. That's okay. Just enjoy what you have. You don't have to keep making more. You know, fucking make something else. Yeah. I, we, we just don't need any more Terminator movies. I'm okay with that. I can't imagine a way for there to be another good Terminator movie. Yeah. And that's okay. I mean, fuck. If... <laughs> Never mind, because they already did Salvation, so it would be a rehash of Salvation if they tried to do something like that again, because that that's the world that I want to see. Like, I want to see the world where there are fucking endoskeletons running yeah. around and fucking John Connor having to be the badass that we've all been told he is, but we, other than that movie, we were never shown that. And it's the kind of thing that they could probably make a decent TV show of now. Yeah. With the way the kind of budgets they're throwing at TV. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Eight episode seasons. So we can actually get some quality effects and actors in there. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, I'm fine with it being melted in a giant vat of molten metal. Yeah. Thumbs up. Um, okay. So uh, I know now why you cry. Uh, I don't know if that's the line, but I just thought of it. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so what's your favorite use in pop culture? So my favorite use in pop culture is the uh, T2 Judgment Day pinball machine. Oh, fuck yeah. Man, I've wanted one of those for so long. I've wanted a pinball machine in general, but like that's 
probably the top of my list, uh, either that or the Adams family one, which I think I might've mentioned in the Adams family episode. Probably. But, uh, I looked them up. They're like $8,000. Like, oh, I no, I'm, I cannot spend $8,000. Not now anyway. But it is, it's just a cool ass pinball machine. Uh, apparently it was the first pinball machine to have a DMD screen, you know, the, like the little LED screen that like where it'll play like someone's shooting a gun, yeah, and yeah. Like, like all that stuff. It was the first one to have that anything other than just like a straight up scoreboard. Oh, damn. Uh, which is strangely appropriate for this pinball machine to have like the first like cool special effects LCD LED screen. But yeah, it had the cool like T eight hundred skull that you could shoot the ball into, and, mm-hmm. and it would load it into like a little cannon that you'd have to hit, try and hit the thing across. That you could fire it at a certain time to hit the thing to get multi ball, and it was just a, a good, fun pinball machine uh, themed after a property I love. So yeah, fuck yeah. Um, I mean, to be honest, I I probably I mean I gotta agree with you, but but, <laughs> but I don't want to just say okay, I'll take that too. You know, and I also don't want to just say, well, T2, meh, take it or take that because that's the best. And I mean, it, it is pop culture. But so I just had to come up with something besides the action figures that I liked. And um, growing up, our buddy Preston, uh, they had a family friend who would bring them trading cards. Like he he worked at a card shop and he would just bring a box of trading cards for each of them. And I would always get their their duplicates. And one of them was the uh, the Terminator training trading cards of course there was trading cards yeah so back then when i uh you know when i couldn't really watch the movie with any regularity and i hadn't seen the first one like there were even cards that like i don't know if it if they were cards from the first one or i believe there was there uh, there may have been a deleted scene from t2 with kyle reese with him talking to to sarah there there was like a card of them kissing or something and i was like oh who's that because you know i i I'd only ever seen the end. I didn't really get it. You know, I fucking loved trading cards when I was a kid. I had Batman cards, fucking Dick Tracy cards, Rocketeer cards, and T2 cards. So it was cool being able to live in the T2 world through things like action figures and trading cards. So there it is, I guess. Pinball's way cooler. So were they just like shots from the movie yep. with like some stuff, like some a little s- caption on the bottom or something? Yeah. yeah details on the backs and like behind the scenes shit or something basically like that 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 was standard for for yeah everything fairly low effort and good return Mm -hmm. trading cards were huge they were a good investment (laughs) (laughs) final thoughts my one word review and i'm going to limit this to uh like the terminator stuff uh well i guess it applies to everything is kill there's just so much awesome killing action and shooting in these movies that like that was the thing that s- stuck out to me the most when i was a kid was just how wantonly they were mowing people down yeah like when he's when they when he fucking storms the police station and he's just walking around with the fucking shotgun in one hand and the was whatever like, automatic M- it was or some shit yeah. in the other hand yeah and he's just you know turning corners and just blasting people after and they're jumping out trying to shoot him and he just turns around boom dead all your cop friends that you've been getting to know for the last 30 minutes of the movie fucked. Yeah. And then, uh, T2 stepped it up and there's just, you know, I think there's probably less people that get killed in T2, but it's all more dramatic. Yeah. And, and there, there is a, a part of me that is kind of bummed by that. The, you know, Arnold's, you know, face turn to where 
he's got a fucking Gatling gun and he's relegated <laughs> to just <laughs> shooting cars. Shooting around cops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But things blow up and he's got a grenade launcher. I mean, like, it's still a fun, fun spectacle, but, uh, what the Terminator is at heart is just a killing machine. Yeah. It's one and only purpose is to kill humans. That's what he does. It's all he does. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And, and uh, they're fantastic at it. And that is the terrifying thing about the Terminator is that he's just an unstoppable killing machine. Like if the Terminator was after me, I'm fucked. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to fucking take out a Terminator. Well, speaking of uh, of that word you just said, my one word is unstoppable. There you go. For better or worse. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> because Terminator at its best, when I love Terminator, is, like you said, an unstoppable killing machine. You can't stop him. You, you can maybe hinder his progress for a second, but if he doesn't want to be hindered, you're not going to do it. Like, like if, if he doesn't choose to go back and fucking repair his eyeball... And put on some better clothes, too, because, man, he looked way more badass after that scene. Oh, yeah. It's only a matter of time before he comes. Like, I, I'm sitting here thinking, like, couldn't they drive out of town and get on a plane and go to merry old England or something? But it's like, it's possible he would never find them, but. He's he, not going to stop trying. Yeah. He may not, you know, ever uh, uh, stop tracking you down. Like, he, he may find you next week. Like, he's, he's, I don't know. It's. Like I said, you know, when I was a kid, my, my nightmares of, of something that, that always finds me, like that's, that's what the Terminator is to me. I don't see myself like palling around with a Terminator, even though we've seen just as much of that in movies as, as not like, I don't see the Terminator as a protector. You know, like I, I still like to think of the Terminator from the first one when he is just a fucking monster. Like he is, he's fucking Jason with a gun or with yeah. lots of guns or the T1000 from the second one. Like we're yeah. just, he's going to fuck you up yeah, and not care at all. And on the bad side, we haven't been able to stop them from making movies, no matter how poorly they perform. So, oh yeah. Yeah. They, they are unstoppable. The franchise will not stop. Maybe when Arnie dies, <sighs> but I don't, that seems to be that not the barrier it used to be anymore. <laughs> Yeah. I, I wonder if, if, if he goes in the relatively near future, if he's like the first one to be fully CGI'd into a movie as a young, a young Arnie again, and then just get a voice actor. If, if they do, I hope it's a Conan movie. Yeah. <laughs> Not another fucking Terminator movie. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I, I guess I can use my t- kill cause they have killed the franchise. <laughs> yeah. But it just won't stop. <laughs> All right. Hasta la vista, folks. Thanks for um, stomping skulls with us this week. Um, sorry about the late episode. I was having some uh, issues. <laughs> uh, he pooped but, his pants. Yeah, exactly. And and barfed into a, into a bucket at the same time in my mom's bed. If you want to hit us up and talk to us about anything, I don't know. Try it by uh, shooting us a line at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com. You can find us on Facebook, Geeksploration, the podcast page, Instagram, Geeksploration Podcast, Twitter, at GeeksplorePod. Um, if you want to give us a call, uh, and you should do it because we'll play it on our uh, mini episode, uh, do it. Call 916 
Orc Turd. That is 916-O-R-C-T-U-R-D. Tell us what you think about the Terminator series. Are we right? Are we wrong? What did we miss? Because we definitely missed some things. Oh, yeah. Um, so let's, uh, let's cover that on our mini episode. And if you enjoyed this episode or any of the others, uh, drop on by uh, Podchaser or Apple Podcasts and give us a uh, five-phased plasma rifle in the 40-watt range review. We got swag available at shop.geeksplorationpodcast.com. We are a member of the Geekly Grind podcast network. And our theme song is Cruising for Goblins by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Until next time, you're terminated, fucker. <laughs> <laughs>